0: Aaron. Hey Pete. (laughs) Don't you dare
1: Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's our fourth episode, Peter. We're playing with the intro formula. The Formula. The Formula. Uh, This is not the third podcast in a row we've recorded, so great! Thanks for joining us on Aaron and Peter's Tired Adventure. Um, (laughs) It's just like uh, Bill and Ted's excellent journey, except not excellent, not really a journey. We've been sitting in our pajamas
0: for two hours. Um, I'm going commando and drinking wine. (laughs) It's the most dignified way to send out a message to thousands of people. Aaron and Peter's more frequent pee breaks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you notice the conversation changes abruptly, it's because we've been drinking and our bladders are full. They're
1: full. And now we're just in a thing where they're just passing through because our livers are processing the alcohol. So just get the liquid out. That's that's essentially why you're you pee more and your pee becomes more clear. Yeah, uh,
0: this is a podcast about science.
1: <laughs> um, uh, this is a podcast where we dare each other to watch stuff we haven't experienced. That can be books, movies, games, uh, paintings, music. Draw some stuff for us. I don't. We haven't. It's only our fourth episode. So last week I dared Peter to watch my favorite movie of 2016, uh, which I can't believe he hasn't seen because if I there was a movie called Aaron's Dragon, I think I would have fucking seen it. Peter, just on my own. I wouldn't need any prodding. I wouldn't need a my friend to say, my good friend, who I talk with on a weekly basis, to say, hey, this was my favorite movie of 2016. Uh, it's been st- like a year since I said that. A year and a half. Still haven't watched it. But fine. I'll dare you to watch the best movie ever. Um, so, well, we're going to talk about what Peter thought of it. Why I picked it. Again, it is my favorite movie of 2016. Kind of a surprise one for me. I I find that now in the last couple years that, like, my... I I have a lot of, like, more dark and fucked up and all those kind of other genres I like. Um, But, like, I tend to find, like, these really heartwarming movies that end up really being high on my list. Like... Uh, we haven't done our 2017 but like your name and Brigsby Bear are two that are really high on my 2017 list and they're just like these kind of like warm hugs of movies and but but they have like a level of darkness around them but they don't focus on cynicism. And focus on, like, heartwarmingness, And so this really was, like, a gut punch for me. Like, I was not expecting... I'd heard good things about it. I rented it. I'm like, hey, people were saying that that Pete's Dragon movie's good. Weird. Uh, I'd never seen David Lowery's first movie, Ain't Them Body Saints. So I didn't know what to expect, except I had hear, heard a lot of good things about it. And it. I kind of was surprised when I was done with it. I'm like, I th- that's A, a five-star movie. And B, I think... Like, looking at all the other really good 2016 movies, like, I think it's my favorite movie of this year. Uh, And I've shown it to people. I've watched it a few times. It's been a couple months since I last saw it, but... um I just you know it's this like it's a children's movie but it's like a children's movie about trauma about a kid whose parents die and he meets a friend and like it takes the trauma seriously and it takes the dragon seriously and it really feels like vicariously uh, and viscerally like thrilling as this kid like deals with his trauma and like overcomes it and throughout the course of the movie. So, yeah, I I love it. I cry, I laugh. It's it's held up among multiple viewings. So, but it definitely, you know, Peter, I feel like this – matches your aesthetic in general less than than me so i guess i'm not surprised i always and i this is not just like a since i've had kids thing i always tended to be first in line for the pixar movies and the big disney movies like i just those those kind of like well-received family movies have always been part of my diet um now that i have kids i just grow to hate them quicker because i see them so much uh, but so that does that 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 is the difference I guess. But Peter I I don't Peter I do think it's kind of fair to say that you seem to we have a, a lot of a lot of similarity in taste. One area where not that we differ in that you don't like them, but you seem to be less like Oh, I need to see the well-reviewed Pixar movie or the well-reviewed family movie than I do.
0: It's fair, but I think, yeah, it's because we don't talk about them. Um, I generally am very pro-Pixar. I'm very into the idea that children's animation, when done well can speak volumes for adult experiences they yep. can they can speak to uh what you're going through because human experiences are universal it's not just across gender boundaries or uh, racial boundaries it's also across age boundaries you and a 80 year old or an eight year old can have um can identify with with certain types of feelings so um, I'm actually pretty. I'm pretty into the Pixar Disney thing. I'm pretty. I'm not yeah. cynical about it yet. Uh, it's just that I usually don't see them in theaters anymore. That used to be in college. That was my my date thing. Was I would take girls Smooth. that I was girls I was actually interested in, like my fiance. I took her to see Monsters University. You like college, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's fun because like it's fun to take people to movies that have a jubilant sense of optimism about life. Yeah, um, you do you know that they will be attempt to be funny. The sense of um, visual music will sort of come through. The idea that like there's going to be a, a running aesthetic that's gonna run through the whole thing that'll at least make it pretty to look at, even if like the dialogue is bad or whatever.
1: Well, and also you don't have to be like on a date like, well, did you like it? I uh, pri- I mean, I didn't know there was a rape scene, but
0: um. <laughs> that, that happened to me with my, my fiance in Tokyo Tribe. I was like, not not the not uh in theaters, but I was like, this would be like a fun movie for us to watch tonight, and I forgot there was so much sexual assault in the movie. <laughs> I don't know how I was that did. just my, recently when
1: you covered it for the show.
0: Yeah, my brain just wiped it. Um, so I've shown her both Monsters University and Tokyo Tribe. We've crossed all thresholds. And she seen Monsters Inc.? Did she
1: did she recognize the characters from the previous movies?
0: <laughs> she did. She did. But it is a prequel, so you know, theoretically she didn't cool. have to. But my point is that I love, I love I love Moana uh, in recent but history. You, but that's the thing, like Mo-
1: so Pixar and Disney is a good touch point, but like you just watched Moana.
0: Yeah, it's but another... I don't have kids though, so there was, Fine, no, there was but... no rush. It was, it was, it was uh, prioritized in the same way, uh, you know, any other big awards winner would be. The sense I get from you is they're a little more
1: like, oh, I should get around to this. Where I've always been a little more with, with um, the well-reviewed family movies, whether it's Disney or Pixar, or just these like one-offs. I've been like, oh, I want to see that, whether I have kids or not. So they they seem more of like a, like a. If it's like a well-reviewed
0: horror movie, you're like, I gotta get to the theaters and the second it comes out. I can see a horror movie alone in a theater. I would never go see. I saw Inside Out alone in the theater. You did?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wanted to see it.
0: (laughs) My daughter was only one. It's only like a kids movie. I don't know if that movie works for kids. The idea of like,
1: but again, that's that's a perfect like. I actually showed my uh, uh, my daughter. Pete's dragon. And she liked it as, like, this cool dragon that the boy and the girl hang out with. Yes. Um, and I, and I can appreciate it as, like – and, like, Inside Out, too. Like, I, Inside Out was one recently where she's like, Dad, why are you crying? Like, just, you know, just hold on. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm watching something a little different. See you in 30 years. Than you. But also, like, it gave me an opportunity to, at the end of, like, Inside Out, is be like – you know, because Maya will be like, "Oh,, she, the girl's sad. And like we're able to talk about like, you know, you know, sometimes it's okay to be sad. like it's okay to cry. Like, don't you you shouldn't be crying because I said you can't have another piece of cake and you're throwing a fit, but like that's different than like something sad happened. And you know, so like, that's not why I'm showing them to her. But sometimes movies like, like this, I think, are also, like, even if they're not old enough to really get it, there's enough, like, there to talk about. Right? Afterwards. Yes. I'm saying right like you've been through that, but. Yes. I'm capable of human (laughs) sympathy and even empathy. Yes. (laughs) It's a brain. I'm not not describing a complicated situation. Just talking to a child about (laughs) about, uh, a movie they saw.
0: The the fraught experience of talking to a child about why their feelings matter and why you need to feel X way to feel Y way. And yeah. Well, and honestly... I need to fly an X-wing in order to fly a Y-wing. It just exactly. makes sense. So you can get a B-wing,
1: mm-hmm. an A-wing. Do you think mm-hmm. they... I'm just realizing. I think they Eventually, named Xbox somebody will controllers. Get a blockade
0: runner. I think they named
1: the buttons on Xbox controllers after all the different wings.
0: They did. A,
1: B, X, and Y. That's why. Yeah. And, and now if I'm being perfectly honest, a lot of times it's not like, let's watch this movie so that we can talk about what it's like to feel sad. It's more like, oh... I better talk to you about this, or like we need to have a conversation about what you just watched because it's dealing with complex emotions that you, you know, you, you need to have that talk. So it's less that was like, part of
0: the reason I was conflicted about Inside Out because the idea of somebody showing that to their kid with no context uh, could be very, very confusing. Yeah, that's why.
1: So kids some take of it is just very like, literally as me yeah so some of it is like as me showing movies to my child because I I'm excited to show her stuff that I I like and I think that she'd like sometimes I'm like ooh this might she might not have been ready I better have the conversation she now. might
0: not be ready for Akira
1: yeah I mean she loves labyrinth
0: sometimes she' <laughs> just good. gotta try stuff see what they have you shown her dark crystal yet uh, so, we tried. She was a little bored by it. Um, I mean, it is more boring than Labyrinth. It doesn't have David Bowie songs. True. And we tried Never Ending Story,
1: and she tapped out. And I was—I think I said on the episode, I was so glad that she tapped out. It is a depressing movie. that would have been like, yeah, well, sometimes everything you love dies. <laughs> 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 I
0: don't know. I think that and Inside Out are both movies for 8 to 12-year-olds that... But even at four, like, Mike can be like, I get being mad at
1: my parents. Yeah. And feeling like, you know, she's gone – she goes to school now. She had a whole thing with, like, how do I make – like, you know, she's she's not as good as articulating it, but you're still – you're still having the same conversation. Like, she knows what it's like to feel embarrassed and, like, she doesn't have any friends, and she knows what it's like to – miss someone because like one of her best friend at daycare like moved you know so like there was enough there that even if you're not getting into the really complex stuff anyways Inside Out's great (laughs) but thankfully Peter watched it Uh, so already Peter I don't know why I'm beating around this
0: bush because I honestly don't know the answer to this like what the fuck did you think of Pete's Dragon? I think it's very good Uh, it wasn't great I I didn't it didn't hit me on the same level it hit you but it did make me cry which is, that's, that's which good. is, if you recall, long-time
1: listeners of Peter and Aaron Productions
0: <laughs> know that I'm dead inside for some reason. Apparently, like I can't cry, and anytime I cry when I'm watching a movie, it immediately turns into happy tears because I get so excited that I like a movie got them out of me. I tend to cry more for like the big joyful moments in movies than the sad moments. It, that's something that. Um, I heard somebody say on Twitter at some point a few years ago, and I think that that is becoming true. That when you're young, you're fi- let's say you're 15, you cry for sad moments. When you're five, you cry for sad moments. 35, you cry for happy moments. You yeah. cry for the decency of humanity or you cry for actually... Despite the odds, someone like achieving their goals or something beautiful happening, despite everything against them. And and Pete's Dragon is a movie where um, I ended up crying at the end because I could have totally seen it being a movie where the dragon dies and that being the dragon only dies to teach Pete a lesson i stay with humans <laughs> stay with your own kind <laughs> <laughs> well, but like no, it that, wasn't that... that it wasn't that it was it was an entirely different thing i have big problems with the structure of the movie but really? like the way it's shot um the particular way that um dialogue is delivered like the acting itself is like across the board it's great incredible why did they give the director of ain't them body saints a disney movie and then he immediately made a ghost story
1: yeah i david lowry i think is going to become like the indie steven spielberg because i feel yeah because i feel like he just is like i'm gonna go do a bunch of different genres and i'm gonna make really good like steven spielberg's thing at the end of the day is like i just make good movies when someone likes you know, he doesn't – he started with, like, a thing of, like, I'm the blockbuster guy. But I think now when people think of Spielberg, like, oh, he's a guy that makes good movies. That's what I know
0: Spielberg as. But I, I like the idea of Jeff Nichols being that guy. David Lowry, he's so early in his career, I don't know what I want him to do. Like, Jeff Nichols, I'm like, he can make a big, big E.T. style movie. He can also make a fucked up drama. Like, But they Je- still feel like – like low key, in, like that's the Jeff Nichols thing.
1: Like I'm gonna make a brother drama. I'm gonna make a, uh yeah, a Spielberg movie, but I'm gonna
0: make it like that kind of low key. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what that's what his thing feels like. I love Jeff Nichols. I really like David Lowry's approach to the material. I think at times the the movie is a little too dark in terms of palette and such. I think the movie can be a little dark. I think the night flying scenes are shot poorly. Yeah, yes. is that what you're talking about? Like it just like I'm not in the night hunting scene um yeah. I think some of that stuff and it and it's not that it's framed poorly it's not it's not that uh the special effects look bad the special effects look excellent I want he to pet that fucking blue. dragon. Yeah. It's just that sometimes it looks like you're looking at stuff through a 3D projector or something where you're like, I thought oh. my streaming was shitty the first time. Like I was like, is there something wrong with my streaming that like the blacks aren't as black because they're supposed to? Be? Nobody talks about that. It happens with digital streaming. So I wasn't crazy about the void when I first watched it because I rented it on Amazon. It wasn't my TV. It wasn't the quality of my stream. Yeah, it you kept complaining to me about, like, it just is shot so poorly. It looks like it was shot in a dark closet. And yeah. I was like, okay, the effects are really cool in terms of shape, but I can't tell how they're textured, how they're colored. Like, I like – you know, all I'm seeing are, like, the, the, the garish yellows and um, – then when I saw it on Netflix or something, apparently they got a different cut of it or something because it was yep. on the same fucking TV. And <laughs> and it looked great. So, I, I don't know. Maybe that is a streaming thing. Maybe in the – I don't think it was because I, I actually – I ended up getting it on
1: Blu-ray. It's just that the – it feels like a streaming thing because sometimes when you have like a shitty quality, like blacks aren't as black as they're supposed to be, and so when the blacks are like a dark blue, it's noisy, have, yeah, if you have like an actual thing that's supposed to be like a blue, it then all kind of looks all muddled together. So that's why sometimes, because that's a that's a common thing of like streaming quality or like a bad TV is like, you know, whites aren't as whites are usually as white as they need to be, but like blacks are not black. Like black should just be like the color of the widescreen bars. Right, if yeah. it's if it's true black, uh, and and so that's what I thought was going on, but it's not. Like I've seen on Blu-ray, the there it is a little muddled those night scenes, and I'm not I'm not sure why, but um, but it just it's such a small criticism because it's not too much of the movie.
0: So, but it, it is a David Lowry production. So he has a great eye for film. You should definitely watch a Ghost Story. We should do a whole month on. We love to watch about post horror like. Movies that aren't horror movies, but they're sort of about what happens after horror movies. Yeah. Um, what happens when horror movies start being whatever and start getting, getting real? real. Um, but it, it, he frames every shot really wonderfully. Uh, also, David Lowery is a humanist. He really cares about giving every character a bit of, of room to breathe.
1: There's no cynicism in this movie. There's no... And I like – I don't think there's much cynicism in a ghost story either. Like, I haven't seen Ain't the Body Saints, which I really should considering he's directed two of my favorite movies in the last couple years. But there is just something about, like, hey, we know it's about a big magic dragon that this person finds in the woods. How about we take that straight-faced and we don't make any jokes about it and we just do a movie about that? And that – that itself feels like a fresh of breath air. A, so, but, fresh, a, a fresh, fresh, fresh of breath air. A, a breath, of fresh. Of, a smash
0: of bibby. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole different. Um, a callback to something that might yeah, have happened months two ago. Two other episodes. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, so a a smash of new physios. So let me get my complaints out really quickly. Because oh, yeah, then we can get to the fun please. stuff. Yeah. Uh, My complaints are there are too many fucking characters. There's not that many characters. Carl Urban's character, they barely have time to round him out. So much so that when he first appears, it's Carl Urban being a charming motherfucker because he's just a incredibly handsome charming dude he's great he's sort of a a minor not a minor villain because that would imply there's a major villain he's sort of a a a soft villain i would say the other thing i like about it there's not like
1: a villain. there's not like it's just a he's a he's he runs a tree him so him and his brother wes bentley
0: Uh, wes bentley is also useless in this movie i don't
1: but that's their characters could have been combined yeah but you know what's awesome is that like uh, Wes Bentley's character would normally be the female character in one of these movies, right? She, yeah, it would be the sidelines. Yeah, and she's like, she's in there, but she, but she's not driving the force. Like, it's like it's switched from like typical Hollywood movies, right? He is just the boyfriend, and that's like he doesn't have much of a role besides being the boyfriend. Except that him and his brother Carl Urban own the logging company,
0: like. That's it. That's great. Robert Redford and Wes Bentley should have been combined. And hear me out. I'm not saying oh. she should have been fucking her dad. I'm saying <laughs> that the probably, probably would have waited a little longer to show this one to my kid under those <laughs> <laughs> at least a year. I would have combined them too because Robert Redford actually has shit to do. Wes Bentley has nothing to do. He's very useless in this movie. Very similar to in I think Catching Fire. The second Hunger Games movie. Um, also every movie's ever been in. But he has he has almost nothing to do in this. And the idea of her needing to have a husband role so that she can have a child role is all very muddled to me. I would like better the idea that she just has a father that she is sort of at odds with because he believes in this fantasy. She is a a, you know, strict. You know, I believe in bone. I believe in, you know, trees and roots and rocks. And then also, you know, there's something problematic about her wanting a kid because she's the only real female in the movie. But ignoring that, ignoring that, if that's not something that bothers you, why can't she just want a kid? Why, does she already have a kid, but also desiring a kid? Well, hold on. I don't think she desires that kid. I just think that she... She for sure wants that kid to be her kid.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I think it's a little more like, there's a mystery. How has this kid survived? Oh, wait, it's this kid... And then she sees a lot of herself in
0: like this kid that has like made its way and living in the the woods like she always But that wanted. stuff is be- that stuff is beautiful and works. Yeah. The idea that this kid got to basically live her fantasy, but yeah, she's but, like, but that fantasy But that's what it is. It's like and sure, dangerous. but it's wrecking.
1: Sure. And she understands that as an adult now. Yes. But here's the person that's so I don't
0: think I love it's that. like I love that, I love that that conflict in her.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's like I want this to be my kid because I'm a woman and I have woman instincts. I think it is like a I might be projecting Jurassic World on her. I think you are a lot. Like, I I honestly don't see that. And that's a fair criticism of a lot of Hollywood movies. Like, I'm just kid crazy. But I honestly think that this is just like, oh, this kid has done the thing that I wanted to do as a kid. And also just the mystery of, like, where's his parents? And then finding out that his parents are gone and he somehow survived in the woods. Like, that's not like a maternal, like, I just am baby crazy. Like, I would want to be like can we keep this kid safe? Like, like it's, you know, I think that's just a like normal, uh, holy shit. Maybe you don't want to keep the kid yourself, but like this kid has gone through a lot. Like, how do we make him feel safe? And it makes sense that he's gone through a trauma and he, sh- her and her stepdaughter, whatever that is, um, are the only, um, are the, like that he, she understands as like a police officer that, Hey, he's made the connection with us, so if I go give him away right now, it's just going to be fucking nightmare like, for this kid. So I see it a lot more as that, as like a, I just want to keep this kid, even though that's where it goes. But you know that ends up uh, kind of being a, a happy ending. But I don't think it's just because I'm a woman.
0: But yeah, that, I just so. think there's too many characters for us to care about individuals. I agree with you. Th- all of the things that you just said are what makes the movie beautiful that at the end of the movie she does get to keep the kid like even though that's kind of a weird fantasy that like well in a weird way the
1: kid gets to keep the, the forest it's, right? be- like, it's a
0: beautiful fantasy the idea yeah. that you find a kid and you you and that kid have so much in common and like you have the means to take care of the kid and you have a good job and like you have all that stuff that like just makes for a good parent like you you're you are you are caring you downside for that kid though. you're realistic you're your dad's west bentley now <laughs> yeah downside for the kid <laughs> you've got a, a west bentley just kind of walking around the house like maybe he'll make you a pb and j but that's kind of all you can get out of a west bentley these days um Come look at this uh plastic bag fuck you dude i i lived with a dragon <laughs> <laughs> though the west bentley does have an amazing parent moment do you yeah, remember the moment yeah um, It's reading well, the story Yeah The kid says This isn't how I remember the story And Wes Bentley just sort of like leaves the book open And he says like what what is the story? Like he doesn't say, yeah. like, well, oh, yeah. the story is here, you fucking illiterate kid. Like, this is the story. He's he does an amazing parent thing where he says, like, well, what's the story? Because like that is that is nurturing something beautiful in a child. The the idea to create and tell your yeah. own stories. Well, that's why I love this movie. He's like, no one has really bad intentions. Some people have some selfish stuff but it's Carl Urban like, is pretty much it. Even the, even the, but, even he's like motivated by almost fear. Like he's not a
1: little bit of fear, a little bit of greed and like overwhelmed at the situation. But the second, like the second he is presented with the fact that like, Hey, this dragon is actually like saved. Like he backs off and he immediately like, he's not a cartoon villain when his brother is at risk and his brother's, um, fiance or girlfriend's at risk he immediately stops caring about the- like there's not like uh i go down with the ship because i care so much about the dragon and capturing him he's like uh oh this is stupid this is what's my family's what's important i need to do anything i can to save them like i just need to shake my head and go oh okay i got a little cu- carried away here and i wasn't listening because that's what's so great like what i love about this movie is it, it is about How people with like it's about trauma, uh, but it's also about like how the people that have gone through something need people to listen to them. Right. Like Carl Urban and Wes Bentley are there because they're not really hearing what this kid needs. Um, And one of them is a little bit more on the farther edge of it. And Wes Bentley is like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm listening, but I got a lot of things going on and stuff like that. And it is a – everyone's kind of trying to do what they think the kid needs. Where the kid – for those that are listening to him or um, – the kid's name is Peter. I don't know why I keep calling him a kid. It's right
0: Which there. is also – this would have been one of my favorite movies as a kid because the idea – I didn't have any friends with my name. So, I – and not only you would have that,
1: been the Pete of Peace Dragon fame.
0: And also, side note, um, this isn't a side note. This is a main part of the fucking movie. note. The it's dog – the, the, the dragon is a dog. He's mm-hmm. furry. He rolls on his back. He wags his tongue. Yeah. Like the great, design. the dragon is a chameleon dog with wings. It
1: yeah, uh, it's great. So, but that's what it's about. It's about like how when it's about like dealing with people with trauma, and how you need to listen. Like you, you need to listen to what people are saying to you, and it's it's easier to kind of portray what like not listening, even people with not bad intentions but portray what not listening look like when you use it as, like, a kid. Because kids... That metaphor of, like, kids saying something and adults going, um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go get him this. Is is normal, because a lot of times kids or or adults don't listen to kids. But I think the metaphor, and I think what the point of this movie is, is much bigger than, like, kids. It's like... That's easy to illustrate in this allegory or this what fable or everything because everyone knows that sometimes adults aren't hearing what kids need because they don't respect what the person is saying over respecting what their own thoughts are. But I think what this movie's point is, is that like, hey, this isn't about like just a kid. This is about like how we deal with people with trauma where – We are not hearing what people are saying sometimes. And we're like, yeah, yeah, no, it sucks that you went through that. Um, Here's what I would do in my situation if I had gone through the thing that I haven't. And we're not actually hearing what they need or what they're saying because we're so quick to try to do a fake analogy of like. Okay, well, now that you've told me what you're doing about it, let me put my own life experience, which is nothing like your life experience, through that same hypothetical mind teaser that I'm playing and go, here's what I would do. And then I'm going to give you that advice like that fucking means anything, which it doesn't like it's it's our whole problem in this country with like empathy, like um, of like, hey, you know what you what people who don't make enough money should do is work harder Or study harder. It's like you – here's what – and then you go on to say, well, when I didn't have this stuff working for me, I went to college and I did X. And it's like uh, you aren't – you're not living their situation, but you have decided to assume that everything that you went into your situation should also apply to them. And so like all that stuff about this movie as like this like energetic and funny – and well shot and like exciting kids tale is like but that's at the core of this movie that's what this movie is about it's about trauma it's about how we don't listen to people it's about how we project our own experiences onto People and then try to use that to judge what they need or don't need. Like, it's such an amazing movie on that level.
0: All of its strengths lie in its inner empathy, its inner sympathy for people without being inherently judgmental or putting anybody. This is actually not very Disney of it. It, uh, it does, never puts anybody past the point of redemption. Yeah. Um, which Disney movies usually like, if you're not a good guy by an hour through... You're not a good guy. If you're not a good guy with a gun, you're a bad guy with a gun. <laughs> the dragon and Pete, the park ranger and uh, Wes Bentley and the little girl. <laughs> all my favorite characters. They're all pretty pretty pure. But the the hunter has a chance to turn around. He refuses. Then he becomes the pure villain for like 15 minutes, yep. 20 minutes. And then, at, and then he still is given one more chance to save the day and become a good person. And then at the end of the movie, he's he's completely redeemed. He, his yeah. act of his act of, of trying to be a good person, even though it it didn't actually save the family, the dragon Elliot saved the family. Yeah, uh, him just trying redeemed him in the audience's eyes. And, and that sort of humanism into these movies is really great. I'm really sick of seeing like black-and-white sort of depiction in these movies, I think that we should be teaching kids that they're, it's never too late to turn back.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, even beyond kids' movies, I'm Brandon Lede, uh, a few-time guest on our show, when we were talking about Brigsby Bear, which is also a very kind of similar, like, sincere expression of, like, trauma and and people not... Like, it's, it's almost like the themes of that movie and this movie are identical, so it's not surprising that, like... I gravitated towards both because I don't see that theme expressed in these amazing movies. But Brandon Lede said, like, the new anti-comedy, the new punk rock thing, I think, is going to be, like, hard on your sleeve sincerity as
0: opposed to, like, cynicism. Because it's so dangerous now. I think, I think people are – cynicism and anger – at everyone everybody needs to be up to your extremely high standards that you don't even hold yourself to um or you're gonna fucking drop the bomb on them yeah that is a a one of the bad things about generation x that they left us with the idea that it's cool to just be angry all the time yeah i think the idea that we talked about that last week and probably the week before (laughs) yeah the the compassion that you need to feel for for everyday people is really like what changes people, what changes the world. And and then even if things don't turn out uh, the way that you hoped, I'm not saying compassion is going to completely change your odds and make you into a Disney hero. Compassion for other people is what makes you into a better person. Yeah. (laughs) That makes the world just a little bit better. Like I love that sort of sweet optimism um, that's in Brigsby Bear, it's in this th- this stuff is, is very inspiring
1: to me the, the kind of magical realism part of this movie that's kind of depressing to think about, and I think that's the movie's point, is like when Carl Urban does become like a full-fledged good guy, and like oh okay, I'm gonna redeem myself It's like it's like a moment of like oh shit, I wasn't listening before And now I'm seeing with a clear head. Like, I'm listening now. And that scene where Carl Urban is kind of forced to listen is literally a dragon turning around and blowing fire and almost killing his family members. And I kind of take it to mean a little like, yeah, he's listening now because a literal dragon breathes – like – it's hard not to listen to that moment right it's so big it's so over the top it's so gorgeously shot that's the secondary thing but it is like how of course that's when you're going to pay attention and i think there is something that this movie doesn't get into but it made me think of like we shouldn't all need a fucking dragon blowing fire on our and almost killing our relatives to like
0: wake up and to listen to what other people have to say It's one of the things that's wonderful about fantasy. Yeah. That these people are given a, not quite like a, a wake up call from God, but like almost like the idea that something that is, uh, inconceivable to you is going to shake up your life and make you into (laughs) a new person. That, that kind of, uh, epiphany is so rare in everyday life. And that's why it's fun to watch these fantasy movies. Um, because, you're seeing people have epiphanies in the face of not God, but in the face of of true, uncontrollable, supernatural power. Yeah.
1: Like, you have to have an epiphany or you're so deluded you're an unredeemable villain, which I guess yes. is the choice a lot of these movies make. The reason that Carl Urban is still kind of an asshole is because he needed the dragon. So, like, if you're – and this is a very specific example, but I think it's indicative. Like, so, yeah – Rob Porter, it's great that all of a sudden you stopped voting against bigoted, like, anti-gay laws because your son was gay. But did you not think these other people were, who are gay are people's sons and daughters and everything else? Like, I'm not going to begrudge you the fact that that you finally kind of stopped, you know. And this goes for a lot of these politicians. I'm just using his as an example because it came to mind. But, like, it's great that you stopped being a bigot because you're someone that you know and love – Turned out to be the thing that you'd been bigoted against and, you know, creating laws against. But, like, you don't always need that. And so, yeah, on the spectrum of things, Rob Porter, it is better that you are voting for this stuff or not voting for this stuff now than if you were – but you're still kind of an asshole in the same way Carl Urban, still a little bit of an asshole, because you know what? They wouldn't have been in the situation where they almost died.
0: If if you didn't need a fucking dragon almost killing your loved ones to wake you up. There is true villainy in the world, and I love that people can turn around, but in the same sense in the same sense I'm like but why? Why didn't you just make the right choice originally? And part of me is like, why attack people who are making the right choice? Yeah. They're making the right choice for still a good reason because of empathy and human sympathy. And that like might lead them down a road to like even better choices in the future. Like a full reversal of all of their asshole But in the same same sense, you're like... But like you were still an asshole. Like, it's it you, you know, weren't the, an asshole? That
1: click clickhole article that I've seen so many times. It's so good. It's like, um, wow, this this guy used to hate gay people, but just two years ago, but now uh, he sees them as equal. And then it's like, uh, still kind of weird that just two years ago he hated gay people. Though. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it, It's a, It's something like like that long of a headline. But the point is like, yeah. Great, no, awesome. He understands that they're just people and that it's not a choice. Still weird that just two years ago, though, he really hated them. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so I, I will, that is a little bit of this. I will say also, um, it is weird when I was watching this movie. It reminded me of a different movie. Different movie about a boy that just decided to form a relationship with a monster. I don't know, sort of middle-class working town up in the Pacific Northwest-ish region. Um, Fox Mulder. Fox Mulder. A little boy. Little boy. Wanted right. to be friends with an alien to because of his sister. Because right? of his sister. He wanted to yeah. bond with with the alien through his sister. Wonder, hey Aaron, can you think melt. of any movie that I would I would be maybe comparing Oof. this movie
1: to? What's funny is, is that if it wasn't, if we hadn't been recording for three hours and it wasn't past my bedtime, I might know what you're talking about, Peter. Monster Trucks. Honest, oh, yeah. This well, movie that's is a, very you, similar you under, to Monster you Trucks. You understand why that's confusing, because while that looks like it was shot in the Pacific Northwest, Peter, that movie took place in a little uh, state called North Dakota, which is not only not the Pacific Northwest, it's commonly referred to as the Midwest.
0: And it's not uh, mountainous. Uh, it's not. Um, with full of roaring rivers and babbling brooks and green hills. And Okay, so here, here's the comparison to monster trucks. In some sense, this is monster trucks with all the weirdness stripped out, which sounds what was the terrible. What was the trauma? So, it is It is inherently about a lonely there's boy. there's true villains in Monster Trucks. True villains in Monster Trucks. A lonely boy who attaches himself to a monster in a, you know, sort of working class town. He doesn't feel attached to anybody because everybody kind of so, lives far apart. Hold, hold on. So, when you think of, like, a kid,
1: five years old, his parents have died in a car accident... And he's wandering out in the woods. You think – you see that boy and you're like, Betty's pretty lonely.
0: <laughs> no, actually that's the fun thing about the movie is that neither of the kids become lonely as soon as they meet the monster. You like envy the kids as soon as they meet the monster because the kids are so purely exuberant and having such a fun time as soon as they like bond with the monster. Like they're scared of him at first, of course. Yeah, but as soon as they bond with the monster, the monsters are also depicted as monsters right off the bat. In in uh, Pete's dragon, he sees the dragon and the little kids like kind of freaked out by it. But he's like, "Well, I'm brave," and then he walks up to the the dragon, touches his paw. Same thing in Monster Trucks. He's like, thinks it's like this horrific oil beast that is hiding inside of his his shop. As soon as he bonds with them, they're buddies. And they're just like living their best life out, out in the wild countryside. And then somebody spots them. Somebody hunts them down. Capitalism steps in and decides like, well, I can make some money off of this fucker. Whereas in monster trucks, it's more of a like, well, I can't make money if this fucker is around. It's the same thing. It's, it's capitalism deciding that the life of this thing is worth less than money. Um, and then they go on... I do feel aven- like
1: there's some uh,
0: subtle differences. They go on roaring adventures together, and then they are separated by yeah. the evil capitalists. And then they need to make a escape with a truck to get away from those evil capitalists. And in it, the it, sort of like... Uh, way it's shot and everything just really reminded me of like a less weird Monster Trucks. So Monster Trucks, all of its weirdness was stripped out and then left it with this. But the difference is Monster Trucks fails horrifically anytime it tries to do drama, whereas Pete's Dragon succeeds when it tries to lean into its, its sweetness, its, its soulfulness. Um, and then it becomes a much greater piece than that. It becomes a a movie about how human empathy, feeling for other people and things can really change your life and change who you are and make your life a better place to live. Whereas Monster yeah. Trucks is about defeating the villains and then hopefully you can scratch out a good life after that. Oh. Oh. Yep. There,
1: They're definitely two movies with some things that are similar. I would agree
0: wholeheartedly. Um, no, I think it's a good call out. Um, I think Pete's Dragon's a little better. I think Pete's Dragon is a legitimately good, mo- good movie. I, To your point, we didn't do a full episode of Pete's Dragon on our
1: other podcast. So based on that, quantity-wise of how much we talked about it on our podcast network feel like that
0: monster trucks wins and then in every
1: other category
0: the objective standard on is. who much two midwestern drunks talk about the movie yeah monster trucks is better yeah
1: yeah well
0: p- <laughs> uh, so what so you would give it i'm assuming a uh I dared. I forget what our ratings are. The one oh, where you like it. I genuinely liked yeah. this thing. I'm glad that you gave me a good dare, not a um, fuck you for this again one because it, it, it's a kids' movie. Kids' movies can be really horrifically bad.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make you watch Big Bully next. Ugh.
0: Ugh. Oh, you like Rick
1: Moranis? What about if he's paired up with Tom Arnold and they're chasing <laughs> each other? Tom Arnold's trying to murder Rick Moranis in this children's movie. <laughs>
0: so that <laughs> better be off. careful my I, I haven't announced my challenge yet well you can't choose big bully because i've seen it oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you all seen right, the stupids uh yeah i kind of like it i liked i liked the Stupids or, as a kid
1: i liked it as a kid or a 13 year old whenever it came out
0: yeah i would have been eight or whatever when it when i saw it um all right so what's my dare for next week year or decade depending so on Aaron, I had a, i had a few dares in mind but i did a game I did a album. Okay, we already have a movie podcast. I'm not going to do a movie. Oh yeah, so, so it'd be super lame. Is that what you're saying, Peter? No, I think Pete's Dragon was a great fit because I don't know when the fuck it would fit into the show. I don't like to talk about that recent movies. What I'm going to challenge you to to experience is actually mm-hmm. a comic book this time. Okay, it, it's about seven dollars on Amazon Prime. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and those shipping rates. <laughs> Baba Booey. Uh, um, How many days do I get it? One? It's called Zero. <laughs> okay. By Alice Cott. I'll send you a link. Okay. It is a story of spies and intrigue. It's really fucking rad. And it's, it's the first part of a four-part series, but I think the first part is its own nice little self-contained spy story, but it's sci-fi and horror all mixed together but like with a nice human emotional center so i want to make you read that because this is something i've got a few other options in my bank but this is something that i kind of think you would never read without me making you well no i mean i barely have time to read period so i think it's like 120 pages and it's a comic book so
1: um i'm gonna announce right now as long as you gave me zero. So for your next one, I want you to listen to one by the Beatles, the greatest hits album. Okay. And then you, you give me a two. And then let's just totally change the format of this podcast to be <laughs> uh, everyone has to do something numerically.
0: I will send you a number two in the mail. Oh, great. Finally. You, you send me poop. Yeah, I'm going to send you human feces in the mail. Yours?
1: Because when you say human, now I'm just like, I don't want to get poop. To,
0: let's be clear. I don't Here, want poop sent to me. Let's be clear. If I send you my feces, I don't want it's strangers probably poops. legally actionable. Okay. I'm going to send you. DNA someone, test. Someone else's feces, Aaron. And I'm going to delete this part of the podcast out. So you're the only one that heard it. I swear to God. <laughs> he said it. show like me a, the evidence I have my track where I'm reacting to it <laughs> it's like a 40s noir he said it on a podcast exclamation point if I like it maybe I'll buy things and I never end up reading because I don't have time for anything <laughs> there's that's the other nice thing about it it's four volumes, so like if you really got into it, it would cost you whatever thirty dollars. Um, and it's a pretty quick it, it's a pretty quick series. It's yeah, four books. That's four hundred comic it, you don't pages. Have to, the whole point of this is that you don't
1: have to convince me. Even if I was like "fuck you," I never want to read this. It's not the a fuck you. It's the whole premise. I know, but you don't have to sell me. Like I don't have a choice. It's the whole premise
0: of our show, Peter. I'd love to twist your arm, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for you to read this because this is something that I have uh, read uh, quite a bit of love for, but I've never actually made anybody read. That's again beauty of our show. <laughs> it's it may just only be good to us. We we
1: it's a great thing we've recorded four episodes. I think we're going to record two more before we release any of this stuff. So you know. Uh, this may just be a show for you and I, Peter. Who knows? It's maybe instead of like two people having a normal human conversation where they recommend things, uh,
0: we've turned it into a podcast that no one will listen to. We don't know. We don't know we don't, know. we don't know. So on uh, that note, this someday is, we'll find out. This has been a beautiful experience. Uh, I'm really happy that you made me watch Pete's Dragon. Yep. I cried during a movie, which basically puts it into an upper echelon of like 10 movies. Great. Aaron uh Aaron. Whole-
1: no problem. Hope next time we try new emotions for you. Let's make you a cower.
0: <laughs> I urinated myself when I, I experienced this sucker. Yeah. Peeing yourself is not an emotion. It's more of just a... It's
1: very tangible. Anyways, cut, yeah, sure. Good night. Aaron. I said good night on the podcast, um, but I guess I cut out. The Skype is like
0: giving us the <laughs> <Scout>. <laughs> are, we, are we getting kicked out <laughs> Scout's like we are done sir. go north go north with the wings on your feet go north with the wind where the three rivers meet there's a clearing of sorts in a circle of trees where the wild constellations shine one two and three look all around you and see deep in the forest there dragons will be